Welcome back, creeps. Hey. The setting has changed again. As you probably noticed, we're trying to like... Mix it up. And like nail it down as well. Try and get a little... So enjoy. See what works best, you know. Do you have a tarot card for us this week? I do. Let's jump straight in because we keep forgetting that. Yep. And people keep telling us how much they love it. All right. So today the page of cups is our card. Ba -ba -ba. Uh, today's message. Be gentle with yourself today. And be sure to set aside some time for daydreaming. It's easy to say no to invitations or to leave an unpleasant or uncomfortable situation. Having good emotional boundaries is essential to restoring your energy on days like today. Wow. Mm -hmm. I like that one. You had a shitty few days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah. So, you know, one of the amazing privileged things that we as women get to enjoy is the changing of hormones as you get older. <laughs> so um, I usually don't have issues in that department. Um, but with uh, age, they've just been like getting worse and worse. So I was kind of just out for the count for two days. And to celebrate on the third day, um, we went to the rodeo. We yeah. enjoyed it. We were there for it about really good, six hours or so. And I came home, you know, snuggled up into bed after a good shower, woke up at 12 to experience the most severe case of food poisoning my body has ever had the misfortune of enduring. It was almost four hours Just of intense. constant pain and suffering. <laughs> I slept through the entire thing. He did. Uh, the Game Grumps kept me company. For which I am thankful. And that reminds me, I need to go back and watch some more episodes just to express my gratitude for the work that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the rodeo, anyway, I actually had a really good time. There's lots of, as Dulce said, Yellowstone cosplayers. Yep. And stuff, which was funny, like grown Texans being men and stuff, but they were just like dressed up like all the other little boys, you know? They were technically cosplaying, yeah. Yeah. Um, but as a fan of Yellowstone, I was actually really glad that I had like at least that much knowledge of what was going on, you know? Yeah. Because um, I stupidly didn't realize that the rodeo was a real a rodeo. actual rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as Corey said, now I can say this ain't my first rodeo. That is true. I also got this from my granddad because he likes uh, cowboy stuff. Focus on that. Shout out granddad. Ba -ba. Well, well, shout out, out Papa. Papa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I had a really good time, honestly. And then came home and I slept for 14 hours while you went suffered. through hell and back. Well, I suffered in silence, so I wouldn't yeah. wake you up. I mean, yeah, I appreciate it. I feel like I was actually sick or something myself because like that sleep was. Oh, yeah, you looked real sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it was scary when I woke up and it was two o'clock. I was like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I don't know. I guess I needed it. Still fell asleep last night. Like I was actually asleep for longer yesterday than I was awake, mm. and I hated that. Um. Anyway, last week I can't even remember who now off the top of my head, but someone was saying like, "Oh, they really appreciated the movie recommendations that we've been given." Mm. So I'd been watching like some horror movies. Oh, and, right. 
Um, we definitely watched the Mothman prophecies. I can't remember did we speak about that on here. Uh, we. I feel like we might have. No, I don't think we have. No, it was interesting. I don't know. Look, we're gonna come back to it in a few weeks' time yeah. when we get elbow deep in the Mothman prophecies. Um, but other than that, yeah, like today, I spent all day watching this van life guy build out a van because mm. that's like my escape thing mm. um while i work and then last week i watched a couple of pink floyd documentaries cool yeah oh i finished parks and rec i forgot to mention that was it loved emotional it loved it end? yeah it was like but in a good way yeah like ron swanson will always be my favorite character um honestly i think like because, like, you know how, you know, they, it gets linked to the office because yeah. the writers are the, the same, same and yeah. all that stuff. They And, like, the actors, they sort of, like, mingle or mm. whatever. They, like, have close connections, you know. So, like, um, but I think as much as I love The Office, I feel like Parks and Rec has my favorite character. And it's, Oh, in Ron. It's Ron Swanson. Yeah, he is my favorite. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see... Why, you know, like I am basically wrong without the woodworking talents. Like I or the or the meat eating. Whoa there, lady. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blur that out? <laughs> the mic is actually perfectly in the way. For oh, those okay. who aren't watching, we'll say just almost flashed <laughs> the whole thing. Watch everybody scramble for the video now. That's exactly what we needed. Um ratings go up. Yeah, I actually have in my notes here because I finished my notes the other day and then Dulce had a shitty few days. Um, But yeah, my actual notes say I watched a couple of Pink Floyd docs and struggled with a weird tiredness. Mm. So maybe that's why I slept for 14 hours. I didn't even remember that. Um, Also went to Roast and Brew in the Heights. Mm, I love that place. Yeah, we've officially found our favorite coffee shop. They're open till 12. Yeah, I mean, that's really all we needed. Yeah. It was just for them to be open that little bit later. But no, they are nice. The food is good. Went there for brunch with a friend and that yeah. was really nice. I haven't eaten there yet, but uh, the coffee's a dollar refill. So that's hey, oh, I'm, nice. I'm sold. Really yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm probably going to be there tomorrow night editing this video. Nice. And, and I'll be playing Persona Royal. I am halfway through the video game. Nice. I have clocked... 65 hours and the only reason why i know how many hours i've clocked is that every time you save it tells you how many hours you've played oh that's cool i like that so 65 hours wow mm-hmm. you're gonna be getting holiday time from that game <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so last week i actually made like four videos with some like patreon content and reels and stuff like that um so do make sure to head over there check that out if you're so inclined. It's only $2 a month right now. And also, yeah, thank you to our friend up in Canada who bought us a coffee as I was walking into a coffee shop <laughs> last oh. week. Yeah, that was like really good. Time. I was sitting out in the car park going, oh, will I go in or will I just sit here? And then I got a coffee notification on my phone. My at the oh, all right, love. Always listening. What even was I, that? That was I think me. it was my that watch. Was your, your stuff. Sorry, my watch was listening. Um, but yeah, anyway, I was sitting outside going, oh, like we're in here for a cup of coffee. And then I got the coffee notification and I did. And it was fantastic. Perfect timing. So yeah, Paddy, thank you very much. Thanks for all the lovely feedback on last week's episode, by the way. Um, and again, it has been brought to you by friend of the show, Jody, who kindly bought us the book Testimony, which 
is our main source for this series. Jody. 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 Jody, you yeah. <laughs> actually bought a, a Weekly Creep t-shirt earlier. I kind of forgot that uh, Jody oh. sent me a picture earlier on today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that was random, right? Because yeah, like, we hadn't... And we no don't, we don't like, push the merch or anything. Yeah, yeah and, like, we forgot we had merch. Yeah, we also have it like price pretty low like we're not making a ton of money off it or anything like that so if you do want it like go help yourselves it's on redbubble to the link in our show or in our uh, website um again th that's just something if you want to show support like we love seeing people wearing it but yeah and if you want to buy a book check out our amazon wish list sorry this wasn't meant to be like a big plug for everything but again follow the link in the show notes for all that kind of stuff and also if you have any suggestions for books that we are like subjects that we haven't covered yet let me know and I'll add it to the list. Like right now we have our little library here. This isn't everything. Um, but yeah, that's mostly stuff that we will be covering this year. So to get started, we finished up last week with Dulce's disappointment in Lawrence's red room, which <laughs> I still think was weird. But the general replies have been taken your side, honestly. See? Yeah, so maybe I'm a prude. A conservative even. <laughs> Who would have known? Um, but some of you might have been thinking like, what was Bill doing to make money all this time? And if you weren't, then I don't, I don't know. This is just how I have the notes set up. But they were only renting Hale Fanog after all. And it was like £50 a week. Um, and he had decided to go all in as an artist. So they had like a little well of money there when they initially moved in. But as well... To supplement that as well, he was making these little decorative pieces, kind of like fake antique, like jewelry box style. Okay. I've seen a couple of different like variations of it, mm -hmm. but some sort of furniture-y thing. And um, there was also like he was selling his art as well. So from what I can gather, yeah, like mock antiques, basically. And it wasn't exactly what he wanted to be doing, but it was better than like some nine to five bullshit. And he was good at it. So... You know, he was successful. So yeah, basically, Bill just didn't want to work a nine to five job. He was like, he had done it in the past. It wasn't for him. I can totally relate, Bill. Yep. Um, so he was, you know, gaining momentum as an artist, though. The day they had snuck into Lawrence's room and made the horrifically terrifying, disgusting discovery that was the devilish decorating choice of their son, Bill got a call from a client saying that they had to cancel. There was no reason and Bill actually said that they sounded like they were like not sure themselves, but it was a big job. Naturally, Liz and him were a bit annoyed, but like he still had a smaller job that would keep them taking over for the time being. Basically, I think it was the difference of like, this is going to be a great summer to this is going to be an all right summer. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Until the smaller job called and canceled just a few hours later. So in the same day. And they weren't just like local old ladies either. These were serious clients from New York and L.A. So I think from what I can gather, again, these were like people who are buying this stuff to like mass market it mm -hmm. in the States, like this little antique stuff. But anyway, that was it. All their money now, all their work was just gone. Oh. Yeah. So they were just down to what they had in savings. Now, over the next few weeks and months, things just went from bad to worse. They had to sell their nice Volvo for a little beater car just to keep up with rent and food for Lawrence and Ben. And then the car that they ended up with kept having strange electrical mal malfunctions when it was parked outside the house. But this would be a common thing for a lot of cars, like even the nice Volvo 
the battery used to just suddenly drain only when it was parked outside Hale Fanog. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that's something that they really linked at the time, but like in hindsight, it was like, that was a bit fucking weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so maybe it was linked to the mad electricity meter shenanigans as well, you know, just the house being an energy drain. They had bought some animals to help fulfill their farm life fantasy. And I suppose I'll give, give a little trigger warning here because if you're sensitive at all, just be ready, you know. Um, they had a pig which they named Luc- which they named Lucinda Ragwit Rigland. Oh, yeah, and she actually stayed in the kitchen. Lucy. Yeah, and Lucinda is actually one of my favorite names. Mm. Uh, there's a Tom Waits song called Lucinda. Um, but yeah, she stayed in the kitchen like a dog. Mm. Not all the time, but some of the time she'd like just sleep by the fire. Oh. And uh, funny enough, my granddad that I bought the sheriff's badge for here. His mom actually nursed a little baby pig in their kitchen. Really? Yeah, when she died when my granddad was only like 16. But yeah, they used to raise pigs in the back of the house. And there was one like the run to the litter. And Mm. she just bottle fed it the whole time. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love the idea of having a pig. Yeah. You know, or having any animals. Um, But yeah, so they also had a dog from before they moved, I think. Mm -hmm. Bill got it. I don't think to replace Lawrence's mom, but like to distract Lawrence from the fact that his mom was no longer there. Yeah. Oh, and then to keep the grass mowed, Bill bought two sheep, but they did a runner in the middle of the night. What? Which is weird. Yeah. I don't think there was like, it was fenced in. I think he oh. was just like a city man and he was like, oh, I'll just play sheep. There's grass. That's fine. <laughs> and then he came out and they were gone. Um, so he ended up buying two goats only to find out apparently goats don't eat grass. They don't? That's the first time I've heard of that. the only thing they don't eat then. Yeah, but like when we went to uh, Spike Spike Island. Island, There were goats. Yeah, specifically to keep the grass down. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe they were like a very specific. Maybe they were carnivores. Breed of. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They only eat blood. But yeah, like I've never heard of that before. But anyway, Liz became very attached to them. Named one of them Lulu. But I don't know about the other ones. Um, And they eventually had six. Six goats in total. And they also had a guinea pig and a few cats. Sick. Yeah. Loving this so far. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is actually a rambly bit of an episode. So my friend sent me the first episode of his new podcast that he's trying to get off the ground the other day. He sent it to me to listen to. And he was telling a story on there of how he ate a guinea pig while he was traveling through South America. He willingly ate. I was going to ask. That's what my question was, if it was on purpose. Yeah, so he willingly ate multiple guinea pigs because he felt bad for the old lady who was just walking around with a bag full of live guinea pigs. Yeah, and but you why know, did like, he have to eat the, the because it was like her livelihood, and he was like, he could have just bought she it. legit looked like ninety. What's he gonna do with a guinea pig walking around in South America? Let it go. And the old lady's just gonna catch it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I was writing this little bit, I suddenly remembered this. And I obviously had a disgusted look on my face and just happened to look up at the same time as another chap who looked genuinely <laughs> saddened by me giving him a filthy look because I was like, oh. <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I also happened to be listening to the album Animals by Pink Floyd while writing this. I was writing this at Roast and Brew the other night. So mm. I was like, ha, 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 ha. Anyway, then shit got all fucked up. Not with Dennis and the guinea pigs back at Hale Fanog. What, Ginger or Dennis? No. Oh. It's never Ginger Bl- Dennis. Okay. <laughs> okay, the blonde Dennis. Blonde Dennis. Okay. Yeah.
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> Putting them on blast. Yeah. <laughs> Just doxing them. Yeah, he lives at 22 yeah, close do- Avenue. Doxing is address only, not last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lucinda went mental. Lucinda the pig yeah, went berserk. And she started to attack them and all. Like, Liz became terrified of her. Whoa. And this went on for weeks. And I don't know what, like, I think maybe they had her locked in the barn. But, like, even just to get in and change out the hay or whatever you do with a mm-hmm. pig, it became dangerous, like. And, unfortunately, they had to put her down. One of the nearby farmers came up and shot her. Yeah, just real old school farmer. He's like, I'll get my gun. So, Lulu the goat had two kids and accidentally killed one by crushing it somehow. She just, I guess, fell asleep on it or something. The guinea pig died. Two cats died. And another one, Sheena, went mental and Liz's mom took it because Liz didn't want to have it put down. Um, The dog disappeared or died. I read both. Both means the same thing, really. Um, And all of the goats ended up dying eventually. Like, I don't know how long this took. I think like over the course of a couple of years. But initially it was like a big bunch. All this happened like within weeks. And... uh, this is where Danny Robbins comes in handy because this could all be definitely chalk, be chalked up to paranormal fuckery. But someone wrote into the Witch Farm podcast and suggested that it may have just been something called pseudorabies. Pseudorabies is a disease of swine that can also affect cattle, dogs, cats, sheep and goats. The pseudorabies virus, PRV, is a contagious herpes virus that causes reproductive problems, abortions, stillborns. Respiratory problems and occasional deaths in breeding and finishing hogs. Hogs being pigs, not hawks. Humans can't get it. And I also checked and the virus can remain hidden in the pig in a carrier state for long periods of time and can be transmitted very easily, like even just from farmer's boots or pig feed that may have been contaminated. So like say, I don't know, if Bill was buying bags of feed from another farmer and he was Mm. just scooping it up or whatever, like... Um, so she could very well have had it, more than likely had it before she got to the riches or hell fanog. So while that's, you know, totally rational explanation, it doesn't take away from the fact that the family are having a terrible time and all these things are definitely not helping. The phenomena certainly wasn't slowing down. And in January of 1990, Bill's skeptic mother came down to pay a visit to try and help them make sense of everything, you know. Now, I think it was just like to have another person for some sort of either validation or to tell them both like, ah, you're just being silly. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a few bangs in the night and that's it. And the activity definitely died down a little bit while she was there, but they all definitely heard the loud banging footsteps on the Saturday afternoon of her visit. She just didn't acknowledge it and then refused to, uh, to discuss it. Apparently she's like, I didn't. Okay. Whatever. Like tell you louder. But when Lawrence finally showed his face that evening around 7.30, Bill's mom went to have a little talk with him. She met him at the foot of the stairs and he was seething with rage. So I think he had just been in his room all day. Mm -hmm. And Bill said that his whole face had completely changed at this point. Now, I don't know whether it was dramatics or not, but Bill was like, no, his face wasn't just angry. It looked like somebody else's face. Mm -hmm. He told his grandmother to get away from him. And when she didn't, he told her to fuck off before leaning forward and spitting in her face. Jesus. He turned and headed back up the stairs and Bill was hot in his heels. 
But he was also told to fuck off and also caught a gobbler to the face. And he was just left speechless, like. And then that night, they awoke to hear a, quote, howling coming from Lawrence's room. He was just throwing an absolute tantrum. But the door was locked and Bill didn't want to, like, force himself in and make things worse. So they just lay there and waited for everything to kind of happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And eventually it ended with him punching two holes in the wall and sobbing himself to sleep. Pitifully sobbing himself to sleep, I think is what they said. But all of his time not spent in school was spent in his horrible, evil red room Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching horror videos on his new TV that his dad had got him. And like, yeah, okay, I love the idea of that, but still it was getting a bit... Excessive. Excessive and almost like stereotypy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they'd be... They also had Ben, the new baby as well at this point, and they'd be in their bed trying to get sleep or like trying to get the baby to sleep and all they could hear is like... Like, ah, you know, horror movie noises. And he just refused to lower it down. And so I do, I feel bad, like, because I'm pretty sure Bill was like, oh, you know, like, don't say anything to him, Liz, like, because he'll only end up fucking hating you even more. Like, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, Liz was like, well, I have a baby and shit, you know. Anyway, Liz did make the point that this whole incident, the spitting incident, had taken place on the stairs, at the bottom of the stairs, which seems to be kind of like the epicenter of activity at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure the electricity meter was right around like that area too. I think it might have been under the stairs. So it was a very astute point that she made, you know what I mean? Now, one thing that I really can't figure out was something that Bill said. When all of this started, the paranormal activity after the sex night Lawrence was just as scared as them and even spent some time sleeping in their room like rather sheepishly like a teenage boy doesn't want to be doing that kind of thing but the timeline just doesn't really work out for me because like he was supposed his mood was supposed to have changed like instantly that night Mm -hmm. and then the next day he came in all like moody and shit so I don't know I just wanted to include it because I thought it was an interesting kind of twist you know what I mean it's like it did actually take time for him to feel the full effects of this shit. And until and before the anger, he was scared and sleeping at the end of Bill and Liz's bed. Liz was trying to come up with solutions or reasons or just anything at all that might stop or at least give some sort of explanation for what they were experiencing. And so she reached out to the landlord who acted fishy on the phone and was like, nope, not at all. Don't know what you're talking about. But the house had been his mother's and she had lived there until she had to be moved to a residential care facility as a very old lady. And he did give Liz the previous tenant's number. And although she assured Liz that her time had been nothing but fantastic, she did admit that one night as she was laying in bed, something strange had happened. This woman's husband worked abroad or something. So she spent a lot of nights alone in the house. And this particular night she was in bed reading, wide awake, when suddenly the spinning wheel in the corner of the room started spinning of its own accord. It's like an antique sewing thing. So she got out of bed and just stuffed a piece of paper in to stop it, and that was it. It was was just like this one small incident, but it gave Liz comfort just to know that somebody had experienced something. Mm -hmm. Not knowing where to turn next, her only knowledge of such things coming from horror movies, like she... 
literally saw The Exorcist in 1973 when it came out. And in that movie, they had gotten a Catholic priest. So she was like, well, guess I better do the same. And I will admit, like, I've heard this in multiple different cases, like people going, well, we didn't know what to do. But in The Exorcist, they got the Catholic priest in. So we did the same thing. And the guy that they got out, like in his defense, he definitely put Liz at ease. Like he seemed like a very calming presence and just made her feel heard and not totally insane. And it was March 1990 at this point. So I think I'm right in saying that during the Demon of Brown's road case and maybe others too, that the activity or the thing causing the activity seemed to know when to act up and when to stay quiet. Or maybe it was like, didn't know how to assess certain situations. Like say when Bill's mom came over and it was quiet. It like didn't know how to take Bill's mom or something. I don't know. But in the days leading up to this priest fella's visit, shit just went wild. And most of all, the sense of fear and quote evil was at its strongest to date. And there seemed to be no getting away from it. Now, of course, the night, now, of course, the night this guy shows up, there's a raging storm going on outside. But he calmly comes in and does his thing, going from room to room, saying blessings and spraying holy water. And most importantly, giving Bill and Liz assurance, which that's a priest's only job, in my opinion, is to make sure that the people are calm and feeling confident in themselves, you know. Lawrence didn't participate and he didn't allow the priests into his room to bless it either. And this is just my opinion, but I think this ritual and any variation of it like whether it's walking around with sage or a bell or, or whatever, just saying positive words helps in almost any situation, right? Because just the act in itself gives the person the confidence of like regaining control. Mm -hmm. And this could often be enough or just good practice because there's also a meditative thing with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, like it helps. Like a mantra. Yeah, like you're going in, you're repeating the same words over and over again and just getting clear in your own head, basically. So if nothing else, if you're experiencing some shit like that, like it will help you, I would assume, just to calm down. Much like when all of the animals were dying, the mindset would naturally go to like, this house is cursed or haunted. And so everything that is happening is because of that. Whereas when doing these pro positive prayer rituals, it can just put you in the right mindset, you know? Anyway, once again, like many of the other stories we've covered, the ritual seemed to have worked. The horrible tension that had been in the air of Hale Fanog for weeks now seemed to have dissipated. Again, like many of the other stories though, this didn't last. They had three beautiful days of peace and quiet, but on the fourth day, as Liz was walking down the drive with little Ben in his buggy, she saw a face in one of the upstairs windows. Now, it was just a glimpse, but there was so much detail that she knew it was an old lady, not just some shadowy form or anything. And it looked so real that Liz actually ran into the house, up the stairs, and like tried to confront this person. Like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? But of course there was no one there. And all she found was this immense feeling of sadness that had been left behind, like an emotional hangover. She had seen the sadness in the woman's face, and poor Liz just crumpled, defeated on the landing. Like, they finally thought, like, this is it, it's, it's all over. And then... It came back like tenfold, you know. So there she sat on the landing, just crying, holding Ben and waiting for Bill to come home. 
She explained to Bill that this woman wasn't the cause of all their paranormal problem, paranormal problems, but she was definitely a part of it. The feeling of sadness was totally different to the evil, watchful feeling that they had been experiencing. And now they started to think that maybe there was two entities, the heavy booted one and the soft slippered one that we'll assume was the old lady. And she wasn't the one walking around in, you know, Combat Doc boots. Martens. Yeah. So I don't know that it was the very next day or anything, but soon after the old lady's appearance, the downstairs toilet, which I think was the only toilet, lifted up off its seal and water had flooded the bathroom. Now they couldn't figure it out. The pipes like wouldn't have frozen or anything like that. And Bill said, creepily enough, it looked like something was trying to push its way up through the stone floor. A big shit. Yeah, I kind of knew you were. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like skeletons, you know. Uh. But um, again, he knew this wasn't the case, but it was just with everything happening, this is where his head went to. And he acknowledged it, but he was still like, still freaky though. Yeah. So they called a plumber out to take a look, but as usual... Nothing seemed to be wrong. He took the toilet off its mount and checked around and everything looked perfectly fine. Half an hour later and the floor was lifting up and flooded again. So they had no choice but to call him back. The plumber wasn't that surprised though. He had had dealings with Hale Fanog before. He had actually installed the heating system in the 1960s and told Bill over the phone, I had a young apprentice... I can't do a Welsh accent. I'm sorry to all of our Welsh listeners. One of our listeners is actually going to stay, in, not in Hale Fanog, that's like a private house, but in the Brecon Mountains mm. this summer. Yeah, she's going camping. So enjoy that. Anyway, think Gavin and Stacey, right? Bryn from Gavin and Stacey. Mm-hmm. I had a young apprentice working with me and he felt something. It was in late November or early December and the nights were drawing in early. We'd work until five. And by that time, it was already dark outside. And you know how lonely it is up there. Anyway, one night, I told the lad I had to nip into Brecon early and he should finish up for the day on his own. But he point blank refused. He said he wasn't going to stay in that place on his own for anyone, even if I paid him more money. He said there was something funny about the place. He always felt someone was watching him and he was bloody scared. I could see it in his face. That's not all, he went on. I'm not a man who's easily spooked by things. I don't have much time for ghosties and ghoulies and things like that. The day after we put all the central heating system in, I got an angry call from the owner. I came rushing up to the house and Mrs. Holborn showed me that all the radiators had come off the wall. All of them. Now I'm very particular about my work. I'm not slapdash. I knew we'd done a good job and there was no way that that could have happened. But I set to fastening them all back on. I went round double checking them afterwards and they were all solid. I told her, I don't know what happened, but they're all as safe as houses now. She thanked me and I set off, thinking that was the last of it. That wasn't the end of it though. Mrs. Holborn had to call them back every single day for I don't know how long, I think it was over a week. And Mr. Plumberman didn't have a clue what to do, but eventually he decided to try what he refers to as cruciform screws to try and secure the rads into place. And funnily enough, this actually seemed to do the trick. Now, maybe it all goes back to intent, but it's definitely an interesting one. And now I know what you're all thinking. 
Jesus, that is interesting. What would be even more interesting would be an entire episode on the history of the Phillips screw. Fear not, <laughs> because I have just what you need. Henry Frank Phillips, June 4th, 1889 to April 13th, 1958, was an American businessman from Portland, Oregon. Are you taking the piss? Are you really going to read that no, right now? I actually now? do have a little bit of... Oh my God. Um, so the Phillips head, aka crosshead, and screwdriver alike are named after him. The importance of the crosshead screw design lies itself in the centering pro- in the self-centering property. Useful on automated production lines that use powered screwdrivers. Phillips's major contribution was in driving the crosshead concept forward to the point where it was adopted by screw makers and automobile companies. The credited inventor of the Phillips head screw was John P. Thompson, who in 1932 patented number 1908080, a recessed cruciform screw, and in 1933, a screwdriver for it. Now, that fascinating piece of information comes from Wikipedia. Now, I actually did. Like, I just looked it up to see whether they had ever been referred to as cruciform screws. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they were. Like, but from experience, though, a lot of older construction utilized flathead screws. And I'm assuming this is because, like, they were cheaper, easier to make. But they are, like, they're a pain in the arse, typically. I I always found, anyway, slotted screw is the correct term, according to all the, well, actually, nerds out there. (laughs) And this is the important information that you all need to know. So this is going to save you in like a pub quiz or something sometime. Because <laughs> someone's going to be like, it's a flathead screw, it's a flathead screw. And you're going to be like, oh, actually, it's a slotted screw. I read a lot more about screws than just that. But anyway, like when Liz found out about the lady with the sewing wheel, though, Bill found like just some sort of solace in knowing that other people had also experienced this mad stuff, too. And now there was three more witnesses, Mrs. Holborn, Mr. Plummerman, and The Apprentice, even though Mrs. Holborn's son said that, no, she never experienced anything weird. The next time Liz saw the old woman, it wasn't just a floating face in the window. She got the sudden urge to check in on Ben one day while he was sleeping in the nursery. And as soon as she opened the door, for just a split second, Liz saw her, devoid of colour, black clothes and a ghostly pale face she was just staring at ben from the chair next to his crib and then she was gone again leaving behind again this awful sense of sadness when they had first moved into helfanog the previous summer they said that they felt like they had stepped into some protective dome and that all of the problems from the outside world just couldn't get to them but now they started to feel like this was just the bait that had suckered them in And they were still in this dome, but the dome was a trap and they couldn't get out. After Liz saw the woman in the nursery, they had gone to the local council to try and get placed on the social housing list. But I don't think they were taken very seriously because, you know, when the woman said, like, why do you need a house? You have a perfectly good house. And they started floundering and talking about this weird feeling like and stuff. So your one, I'm sure, was very polite, but there was no chance, basically. And then after that, Things just went from bad to worse again, as literally the last of Bill's work dried up and they were left with nothing. Then Bill contracted some sort of skin disease overnight. Like he went to bed fine and he just woke up the next morning and his hands were weeping, right? And hurting him so bad that he couldn't even paint if he tried. 
he ended up going to his doctor, the hospital, a homeopath. And like, remember, Liz was a herbalist as well. Mm -hmm. They tried everything to eliminate like what the problems could have been. Like if he was allergic to something or, or what had happened, but nothing, like absolutely nothing helped. And then after weeks of this, he just woke up one morning and the mystery ailment was gone. Hmm. So I don't know. But and so it, his hands stopped crying. His hands stopped crying. Yeah, it was the sadness from the old lady. <laughs> and again, this also happened or something kind of similar to it in the Johnson's story, the people in the attic. I think it was the little girl would wake up with like mad bruises and scratches and then they'd be just gone. But anyway, because all the work had dried up, they had to cancel their phone line to save money. And again, I know I probably sound like I'm just repeating myself, but like isolation is always the thing, like the strongest factor in these stories, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So usually it comes in the form of just not having anyone who can relate with what the victims are going through. But here we have like a very real physical isolation. They were already living out in the countryside with the closest neighbor half a mile away or something, which is what they wanted initially. But then Liz dropped another bombshell. She was having another baby. I knew it. Bam, bam, bam. That Liz. That Liz. The hamster. (laughs) (laughs) So, in her desperation to find help, and before they got rid of the phone, Liz ended up talking to a woman that she knew in Cardiff, who claimed to be a medium with a Native American spirit guide in Cardiff. In Wales, in the UK. Fine. Yeah. Who am I to question it? It just, it's a bit weird, in my opinion. IMO. She was even more terrified than Liz was. She was like, oh, I don't like the sounds of what you're going through. Like, you're on your own, love. But she actually recommended that Liz get in contact with the Christian Spiritualist Church, who I'm very interested in. A very brief look into spiritualism as a religion goes back to the Fox sisters, who are accredited with beginning the movement essentially mm-hmm. although i'm sure there's more well actually to that as well but it's a relatively young religion seeing as it's only been around since the 1840s there's also many different um what's the word like cut off branches or whatever like some of them believe in purely like the bible and everything and spiritualism, whereas the other ones are like, no, it's just spiritualism, no religion. Like, I don't know. You can call them spin-offs. Spin-offs, yeah, you know. So just be careful which one you're walking into. Yeah, hopefully one day in the future, I'm sure, we'll do a deep dive into spirit into the spiritualist oh, spiritualist church as a whole. And we'll definitely get into the Fox Sisters on one episode too. But for now, Liz called the leader of the church, Ray Williams, who told her that all of her problems were unequivocally caused by Lawrence and the anger that he was holding from his mother leaving him. He believed that they should remove Lawrence from the situation completely and as soon as possible. Instead of like taking yeah. him to someone no, 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 it's to talk all to. His fault. No, I, but like, I uh, <laughs> anyways. So anyway, Ray Williams showed up one day in April 1990 to see what was up at the house. He arrived with one of his best men, Larry, wait for it, Harry. 
This is the guy's <laughs> actual name. Now I googled Larry Harry. Is Ricky Bobby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ricky Bobby looking ass. <laughs> and again, I feel kind of bad because I always picture people like this to just be dedicated from most haunted. Like every time. I think it's just as soon as we're in like UK telling a story, somebody has to be Derek Akora in my mind. And that this time is Laddie Hattie. <laughs> is he uh, from Barry? He, Larry oh Harry from God. Barry. I don't know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking brilliant, honestly. Larry from Betty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's even more fun Laddie Hattie, I'm from it. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> all right and some other unnamed man who never got named it doesn't even matter yeah, yeah literally i think the, the author was like fucking larry harry <laughs> uh, for those who don't know barry is a place in wales and i actually don't even think it's that far from brecon so mm. uh yeah laddie harry from baddie uh. Anyway, and this other unnamed man, they sat down, went over everything, but Williams's mind was already made up. The only solution was to get rid of Lawrence. Once they'd done that, the paranormal activity would fizzle out gradually as his, like, the hangover of his energy dissipated. They cleansed Bill and Liz's auras, same as the folks from the people in the attic story, the Johnsons, and they left, but they said they'd be back in a few weeks one of those things it takes like you know you got to chip away at it then they came back in june and at this time the family were spending a few weeks with liz's mother just to get away from the house now bill didn't get along with liz's mother so like things must have been pretty desperate and i'm assuming that lawrence went with them but i can't see how that would have happened like just considering lawrence's anger issues and stuff but what I will say was interesting. Lawrence's schoolwork never suffered, apparently, while all this was going on. And like all the teachers remained happy with his performance in school and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Like how bad could he have really been, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, it was just like he was only affected when physically at Hale Fanog. So again, this might have been exaggerated. I just wanted to mention it. So Bill went to the house to meet laddie hattie and the unnamed man who according to bill proceeded to quite dramatically walk around communicating with the spirits and they claimed that there was the old woman two young men two young men and a witch they believed bill had upset an alchemist in a past life and so this curse or witch had been attached to him for the last 18 to 22 years now this is the only time I'm going to defend Larry Harry, I think. Maybe I'll defend him again in the future. But right now, I think they were just using the term witch as a catch-all. Just for like, I don't think they wanted to say like demon and be really scary. Mm-hmm. I think they were just being like, let's say like a pixie or so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just like a general term for weirdness. Wrong, but I think with good intent. Anyway, Bill said though, in the most plainest of words, he believed these people like you believe a mechanic when they're telling you what's wrong with your car. Mm -hmm. Like this made me sympathize with them so much because, you know, yeah, like this, who else are you going to listen to? Yeah. You know what I mean? You go to a doctor when you have 
weird weeping hands. Someone who specializes in the field that you have a concern in. Yeah, exactly. Now, Liz didn't buy it. So whether she was just deciding it was time for her to be the brave one, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because I think Bill felt really guilty. He was like, oh, no, no, I've caused all this now because of this family curse that they went on to say, oh, it's been with you for generations now, actually. Um, But I'm not sure. Either way, the activity kept up after they came back from their little holiday at Liz's mom's. And then one day in July, Bill had a surprise visit from Laddie Hattie and a couple of Dutch mediums. Now, Liz had taken Ben over to her mother's and Lawrence was tucked away up in his room, minding his business. So Bill was kind of glad for the company. Uh, This couple had been attending a meeting at the church and were curious about Hale Fanog because why wouldn't you be, you know? And of course, the phone had been cut off by now. So Larry Harry had no way of contacting the riches. And he said he was concerned, you know, so they took a trip out. They were just being nosy, I think. Couple just wanted to help. And uh, again, probably hoping that they could see some cool ghost shit, you know. They were going to erect a spiritual defense wall, but did a walk around the property first, you know, to get a feel for the area. And separately, they approached Bill and the wife told him that she had seen a very strong spirit of a witch. Now, she was all blurry and fuzzy, but she could make out the conical hat and typical black attire. The husband then came in after spending a long time in the barn and he said that he had seen seven blurry, fuzzy witches. I don't know if he thought they were like performing some sort of ritual or that's just the impression I got, but... Either way, they looked the same as what the wife had described, okay? Mm -hmm. Same, like, conical hat. Very stereotypical witch, you know? So, did they start seeing these stereotypical, like, characteristics of, like, cartoon TV witches after this thought was put into their head? Because I, I don't remember hearing you mention the term prior. No, like, I'll just backtrack, because, yeah, if I wasn't clear... So Bill is in the house on his own, except for Lawrence, who's tucked away in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. Larry Harry shows up, makes a surprise visit with this Dutch couple, Mm -hmm. a medium couple. Oh, okay. That's the the detail I missed. Okay. The the couple were mediums. Yeah. So they were like psychic mediums who had been attending the church um, thing. I thought they were just some randos that gave Larry Harry a fucking ride. Sorry. No, I should have made that more clear. They attended the Church of Spirituals. Mm, Spiritualism. But they were like self-acclaimed mediums. Yeah. Okay. And they were going to erect this spiritual defense wall, a okay. psychic defense wall. Right, but they just had to measure and do dimensions to erect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> Got to get built foundations first. So anyway, the, the wife said she saw this one strong spirit of a witch, all blurry and fuzzy, but she can make out the black conical hat and typical attire. Then the husband came in and said he had actually seen seven of these same figures, he described them the same. And so they went on to say that they believed the property had once been the site of a pagan burial ground, which they thought had to do with its close proximity to three ley lines, which apparently it actually, like, ley lines, I'm not getting into it, basically energy lines, right? Let's call it that. We'll dumb it down because I don't have the definition. I understand that. Me neither. <laughs> But according to the map of ley lines, Hale Fanog sits like in between three or four and they're supposed to be negative energy ley lines, uh, which can be caused when there's like an underground river. 
underneath your house, which I thought was very interesting. Anyway, Bill wasn't completely sold on everything, but he was being bombarded by all of this information that he hadn't asked for, like completely out of the blue. And then they brought up the curse, which had been mentioned previously. So, I mean, obviously Larry Harry had filled them in, so they knew enough of the story, you know what I mean, to go make up their own stuff, I feel like. But anyway, Bill was just accepting what they were saying. So they went ahead and erected their wall, and then they did some sort of banishing ritual in the kitchen before they left. And this time it actually seems to have worked. Um, and the house suddenly felt brighter and airier than it had in months. All activity had ceased, but they had already got their wheels rolling on another possible solution. And for one reason or another, they didn't want to risk the sudden peace. So when the spiritual leader of the church, Ray Williams, had suggested that they get Lawrence out of the house, they had started to seriously look into it. And they had found him a place in some sort of boarding house in Brecon. Basically like a, an orphanage for, I guess, almost adults, mm-hmm. you know. And it was actually that bitch Denise, <laughs> Lawrence's mom. Ah. <laughs> she had arranged it. Weird. So, yeah, like this whole, this whole, like obviously the, the family aren't going to, you know, spill all the details. Like, mm-hmm. but she. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. She had arranged this whole thing. I don't know why she couldn't take him in, but anyway, apparently she visited Helfano quite a bit to see Lawrence, even though Bill and Liz didn't like her, understandably. And like, how awkward, like for everybody, do you know what I mean? If you're going to leave, just fucking leave is what I would, you know? How did those visits go between Lawrence and, because like. See that, I don't know. Like, was he as angry with her as he was? Right. Yeah. Or maybe she would just visit and take him out to town or something. And then once he was away from Hale Fanog, like the cloud lifted. Yeah. Which is what like Bill and Liz said, like, but, like anytime it, they would leave to go for a walk. Yeah. It was like they would get a certain distance away and it was like, oh my God. Like everything just, all the pressure went away and stuff. Like for him. No, for for Bill and Liz. Oh, I see. So I'm like, if it worked for them, then why wouldn't it work for Lawrence, especially, and then the whole fact that like his schooling didn't. Suffer. Yeah, I get the feeling that who he's really angry at, and I'm not saying it makes sense because yeah. the mom was the one that left, but we really don't know why she left. Like the full details. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if he's just placing blame, and he's been placing placing blame, and it's final. Like he's just like he's just letting it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, on Bill. Yeah, and that's yeah. why when he's at the house, he's always angry because he's in the house with Bill. His grades are fine, so Bill's not at school with him. You know, like yeah. he's at, and that's probably why. Pro- allegedly, I'm just gonna assume that when <laughs> they went to Liz's mom's house, it wasn't a big deal when he wasn't around. You know, yeah. or, or maybe it was, but maybe he's just maybe he's angry at both of them. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The other thing is as well. They were the ones who were there. Like Denise might have left, but Bill and Liz were the ones who were there to get the brunt of everything as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So who knows, really? But either way, they packed his bags. They packed his bags and they kicked him out. And how'd that go after that? Um, we'll get into that later. But at the time when they kicked him out, like Bill was really and truly heartbroken. Like allegedly. <laughs> no, I. I <laughs> 
even like years later when he yeah. was talking about it, I think this was the hardest Remorse. thing he ever had to do. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But he's also thinking like shit, like we're afraid of him. He's like spitting in Bill's face and stuff. Yeah. Spitting in his granny's face. Mm-hmm. They have a toddler and another baby on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not excusing the behavior, but I think it's interesting how instead of like sitting down and talking, trying like either seeking help for him or. Yeah. Like professional help, not. They turn they turned it into a well it must be a supernatural thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? The one thing I will say is everybody thought it was the best thing for everybody right. at the time. Yeah, because you have a baby and it's you have yeah, someone and, that's and like, they, they thought it was gonna be the best thing for Lawrence as well. Yeah. Anyway, something else that was quite interesting was taking place at this time. Other than the grief of sending his son off to the boarding house, everything else seemed to be going much better. Bill's hands were suddenly better, although the mystery ailment would go on to haunt him on and off for like the rest of his life. But for the moment, he could work. And that was good because one of the neighbors had shown up and he just showed up the door one day. He was like, hey, you Englishman, paint me a horse. And so he did. (laughs) So they owned horses, the neighbors did, and they wanted their favorite horse, Echo, to be painted oh okay and they were also being like well let's help them out a bit as well like because they, yeah. they knew kind of a half and half of what was going on um so i think that there's two neighbors that they had vaguely gotten to know and i think in the bbc podcast they had uh kind of blended the characters but there's the horse neighbors and then there's this really cryptic fella who i picture just leaning on a fence post waiting to drop some like half-baked ominous knowledge on passers-by, right? So a couple of days after the activity started, Bill bumped into this cryptic fellow while he was out walking the dog one day, just walking through a field. <laughs> he's like, rain today. Yeah. Rain yesterday. Yeah. He's literally <laughs> that guy, except he's Welsh. So they were making like just general chit-chat. And then he's like, oh, how are you doing up there in El Fano? Okay. Whatever. Welsh people sound sorry. I don't think he would have asked him a question. I think he probably would have just said something (laughs) to him and um, then walked away. Yeah, well, either way, Bill finally came out with what had been happening. Uh, It was still a very new thing at the time, but the guy was like, there's no good luck in that place. But he wouldn't go into specifics. See, see, what I I tell you. (laughs) I know, so maybe it was like, you know, like, so documentarians will do this i can't if there's probably a name for the thing but like they'll just hold the camera on someone they'll ask a question the person will answer and then the documentarian won't say anything else and the person is just obliged to to say more mm-hmm. so i feel like that's what happened with bill you think so like, all right neighbor how's it going and you just got a nod like oh work's dried up or the nod hmm. and he's like I think we have a ghost, man. <laughs> like, there's no good luck in that place. Yeah. But anyway, he didn't go into specifics. Bill pressed him on it and he said that the runes on the land, because remember that the old Hailfanog is still on the land. Um, They had been partially demolished in order to help build a new house. So it had also been used to build an extension or something on the horse neighbor's house. And... <laughs> <laughs> They actually found that whoever built the original Hailfanog had used some of some old gravestones in the process. So cryptic neighbor told Bill basically, now I'm not saying that your house is made of gravestones, but I'm not saying that it isn't. 
I'm not saying she's a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, enjoy your big crypty graveyard house. See you later. And then off he went, right? Mm-hmm. So Bill meets cryptic neighbor again while he's out <laughs> doing some sketches to find a nice like organic background for the horse painting. I'm assuming it's the same neighbor. It could be another equally ominous neighbor. But he starts telling Bill that things just aren't right around here lately. A blight. This is a quote. A blight. From cryptic neighbor. From cryptic neighbor. Or possibly cryptic neighbor number two. But not horsey neighbor. Mm. And this is a quote. A blight has descended on the area. Lambs and calves are being born blind, deformed or deaf. The farmers have never experienced anything like it before. Vets are baffled, and everyone was afraid of the bus- and every, and everyone is afraid their business will be dis- decimated. So still, everything was fine at Helfanog at this point. So Bill gets stuck into his painting. He gets cracking away at this horse, but everything was perfect except he couldn't get this one back leg, just the way he wanted it. No matter how he painted it, he just couldn't get it right. And eventually he had to admit that like done was better than perfect. Although the leg it did look just a little bit too large. The, oh, right? like, the leg was just a stick. <laughs> like that meme, like how it's, yeah, yeah. But it almost looked like the horse just had a swollen leg. And I think it was one of those things that unless you were really he looking drew, for it. He drew a chicken leg, you know, yeah, like yeah. a cartoon. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, Liz. <laughs> But it must have been one of these things that, like, unless you were really looking for it, you couldn't notice it because it was this grand, like, Drumstick. beautiful <laughs> uh, landscape, picturesque, like the Welsh hills yeah. and the big muscly horse in the middle. Now, horse neighbors were delighted and Bill happily collected payment. I'm pretty sure this payment went into getting the phone reconnected. That was one of the first things they did. They were like, ah, oh, this painting's avant-garde with a chicken drumstick <laughs> yeah, leg yeah. on a horse. <laughs> we didn't see the horse. The horse could have looked like that. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, they got the, the phone reconnected. And apparently the first call they received was from Mrs. Horse Neighbor. Their beloved horse, the very subject of the horse neighbor's new horse picture. Died. Had died. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Talk about coincidence. Yeah. Their horse had injured one of his horse legs. Oh my God. The very one Bill had struggled with for days. Chicken drumstick, y'all. Yeah. Never paint them. They only bring misfortune. Ask cryptic neighbor, he'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> the horse neighbors, of course, called the horse doctor, but no matter what horse medicine he applied to the wounded horse leg, Things just went from bad to worse and eventually the poor horse just killed over and he was so big that the horse neighbours had to dig a horse grave right where the horse lay. Jesus. And then some smartass came up to the horse neighbour and said, why the long face? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. I'm done. So I'm leaving. <laughs> so any guesses where this might have happened? No. So where was the last place that cryptic neighbor neighbor saw Bill? I don't know. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> the horse and field that Bill had picked out for the horse in background. Oh, okay. It had happened right where Bill sat to draw the sketch for the background of the picture. Oh, okay. 
what is with your reactions? Go, oh my God, that's well, crazy. Well, I mean, it's like you're saying, like, you know where you find sheep? Fields. You know, it's like. No, because anybody could be in any field. This yeah, exactly. Is a, this is the field. Oh my God. That I just told you about. <laughs> it's like the horse. Did you know where he was? Like, it'd be weirder if it's like he painted the horse while the horse was in the living room. And then the horse <laughs> died in the living room. But you're telling me. Because they couldn't fit him back out the door. Yeah, but you're telling me. <laughs> Oh, my God. So uh, he went outside and painted the horse while he was outside. Well, you know where you found the horse dead? Outside. <laughs> it just didn't... I hope other listeners were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Anyway, <laughs> in all seriousness, though. In the kitchen. <laughs> the horse neighbors, whose name were actually Basil and Sue Gandhi, they were devastated. Like, it, it was horrific. Right, they. And, I mean, they picked the horse for a reason. It must have really liked. Yeah, it. no, no. This was literally their favorite horse, um, but. But what do we have a horse name? Yeah, Echo. Oh, oh, yeah. I did say that. that. You yeah, did say that. But the poor horse's leg literally looks like it did in the picture. Oh my god, a chicken drumstick! A chi- Fuck off! <laughs> this is serious corner here. No, so Mrs. Horse neighbor, uh, <laughs> Sue. Sue ended the phone call telling Bill and everything you described happening in Hale Fanog has happened to us ever since they got this painting. What? Yeah, they called once more after that to tell them to tell him that they had burned the picture and that was the last time they ever spoke. Damn. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I think the Gandhi still had. It's not Gandhi like the Indian name. It's Gandhi, a Welsh name with a Y at the end. Um. They still had the gravestones that they had found while they were building their add-on or whatever to the house because they didn't want to use gravestones. So they they managed to piece them back together as well as they could and they kept them in their shed out of respect. So they were all they were all from around the 1750s and all belonging to the original family who had lived in Hale Fanog when it was just a farm and a manor. Now, Bill was convinced that this psychic barrier that the Dutch spiritualists had supposedly put up Right? Remember? Okay. He was convinced that that had blocked out whatever had been happening to them. But now it seemed to be acting out across the land, Mm -hmm. which is nuts. And he felt, again, more guilt on Bill. He's like, oh, man, like, I've been having a great few weeks. But, like, all these fucking horses being born with chicken legs and dying and (laughs) shit, you know? Um, Another thing, though, that I thought was really incredible happened in August. After weeks. I was born. And me. (laughs) No, after like the weeks of peace and quiet, there was a big rainstorm which sent water rushing down this usually dry stream bed in front of Bill and Liz's house. And with the water came the paranormal activity again. Weird. Yeah, I just thought that was nuts. Like Bill having the theory that this psychic wall had like pushed out all of the paranormal activity was one thing. But the Mm -hmm. fact that it literally came back with the rain, like because water holds such energy anyway, you know. Um, so that really drew me back into the story. I was like, oh shit, like, no, that, to me, that resonated. This time, though, it was like Haunting 2.0. Okay. And I think that's where we'll pick up next week. Bum, 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 <laughs> cliffhanger and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hopefully next week we'll get some more um, better reactions out of Dulce. Because I just keep disappointing her lately, I feel like. Why? Because the horses die outside? <laughs> yeah. <because laughs> the ho- so he went, 
He walked all over the land, found this one field, and he was like, here, this is where it is. So there was a rainstorm, right? Coming. Okay. Big rainstorm of 1956. And you know where, you want to know where it happened? Outside. Uh, outside. That's the vibe. It's not the vibe because it happened exactly where he picked for the fucking horse to stand in the painting. That's the relevance of the whole fucking thing. Jesus. Maybe it's just the way I think because remember <laughs> that one post on Instagram? I think it might have been Gordy. Where he was referencing that the other uh, the men in black and he was like uh, the two people on the boat <laughs> you up on the sky and he's like the stuff started falling from the sky and you know what else is in the water and I was like sharks <laughs> yeah sometimes a little bit too logic logical. Anyway, a little bit too logic. A little bit too logic. All right. Fuck off. I'm over it now. Tune in next week uh, for Hail Final Fight. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're just not appropriate. Is that the word? So if you haven't already, please leave us a nice review. I was talking to someone the other day. They had just left us a review. Uh, I actually swapped reviews with our dental hygienist the other day. Um, so, yeah subscribe to the youtube if you want more of these videos i didn't even fucking i completely forgot i'll get to it next week yeah all right <laughs> fuck it i'm I'm, out. I'm I'm hungry now i'm upset he you've upset me wrong. yeah you're not you when you're hungry still me but i'm pissed off <laughs> no uh yeah make sure to follow us and all that crap on uh spotify or wherever you follow us and like, rate, subscribe. Yes. Thank we'll you. See you later. Patreon. Bye. <laughs> <You're> the worst. <laughs>